You're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. So welcome back to the Podiatry Marketing Podcast. With me is my co-host, Big Jim McDonald. So Jim, how are you doing today? Little Tyson, I'm feeling great. I think we're going to have a great talk today about... <laughs> for, for the record, I'm like 5'9", 140. And I know Tyson, you're what, like 6'1", I don't know, a 210? I don't know. Uh, yeah, the weight's probably right. I usually tell people just 5'11". It's easier. It's all good. If you if you underestimate your height and people meet you, they go, oh, you're taller than I thought. But I, yeah, when you see people and they go, oh, yeah, I'm 6'2". And they're short. And I look at them, I go, but I'm only 5'11". And you're shorter than me. Yeah, I mean, I take some solace in like what Tom Cruise is like five foot four, or five foot five, or something. So I would, <laughs> I would, I would tower over him. So I feel good about that. But yeah, just uh, that five ten, five nine, five ten range. No shame in that at all. Yeah, I did read once that uh, I don't know if it was Sylvester Stallone or it was Tom Cruise, and they said something about they deliberately had shorter actors work with them, so that they looked <laughs> that they looked bigger, or they at certain times they'd actually stand like on a box or something to. What? Um, what? To look more to bigger than what they were. Well, you think about like Rocky Four. I don't know if you remember that one. The the Ivan Drago Rocky oh, yeah. versus USA. Yeah. Rocky like Ivan Drago looks. You know, Dol- Dolph Lundgren looks like he's about six five, but I think in reality he's like five eleven or five ten or something. So as early as I thought he was like almost seven foot tall, based on he might be bigger Rocky. than that, but he looked huge in that movie compared to Sylvester Stallone because he's so small. Yeah, that was a, that was a good movie. I didn't mind that. I liked all the Rocky movies. So. We're not here to talk about movies, which sometimes we do get carried away with, and we haven't we haven't made our big uh, big reveal about the Matrix, but we won't go there because then we'll we'll get right <laughs> off track. So today we are talking about LinkedIn. So what what aspects of LinkedIn do you want to talk? Because you made mention of it uh, last week. Yeah, so I mean, a lot of the kind of previous social media channels, whether it be Google or Facebook, we talked about how to use those to you know to look for prospective patients, to advertise on those platforms a bit. Uh, also Google business profile, we've talked in depth about how you can use those things to really attract patients. I would say for most people, like LinkedIn is more like kind of an organic or the kind of free channel for professional networking. Um, there's lots, there's, you know, there's a significant amount of doctors, both, you know, other podiatrists, other specialties that, that do spend time on LinkedIn. So building up uh, your network on LinkedIn is probably more the priority than you know trying to get patients to make appointments through the platform. Yeah, well, I never would have even thought about using LinkedIn for patients, but I really tell podiatrists you need to connect, and it's it's a great networking thing for, like you said, meeting with other professionals. But I used to use it a lot to try and connect with uh, local journalists in the area. Because if I could maintain a relationship with them, when all of a sudden a foot story came up and they're going, oh, I need a podiatrist straight away, I'd be top of mind and go, oh, this is a podiatrist who says that I'm awesome all the time. So that's how I used to use it. No, that's a perfect example. You just want, it's more of kind of for top level awareness of like who you are and that you're kind of in the local community and kind of what your, we talked about this in the past a little bit, kind of what your expertise is within podiatry. And the, and it's not something where you have to be posting on it every single day, but you know, you know, one post a week or a post, you know, a couple of times, a couple posts a week can be helpful. Yeah. I think it's also a good thing to engage in other people's posts that either, um, 
your you know your friends with that are in your network, but also people you want to get to know a little bit better. Um, and it's not a, in a creepy way; it's just you know liking their <laughs> posts. Or uh, we're not we're not we're not advocating like LinkedIn stalking here, right? Um, but at the same time, if there's someone uh, that either for some reason you haven't been able to meet in real life, or maybe they're a state away or you know a province away where you do respect their work, it is a way to kind of get to know somebody uh, either in your profession or in your local area that you would want to develop kind of a you know uh, professional or uh, potential partnerships and, and stuff sometimes come um, from platforms like LinkedIn. Yeah, well, some of the best articles I've read have been uh, uploaded to LinkedIn and you've read through them. But I think it's great we, if you read something or you see something that somebody's doing, yeah, sending them a small message and not trying to sell something to them and say, hey, you should just use me as your go-to podiatrist because like I've got to the point now whenever I get someone that wants to connect with me, I look at who they are, what they do, I click accept and if I get a message from them in the first 60 seconds and it's them trying to flog something off to me, I just shut that down so quickly. So I think it's one of those things where you reach out to people and it's, it's build a relationship over a period of time especially if you really want to connect with that person is give it time, give it time to sort of build. No, that's a perfect thing. I think, you know, at the beginning, LinkedIn was very, I'd say, uh, I, I wouldn't say it was spam free, but it was like, it was something where people knew what it was, how to use it. And then, yeah. you know, mark marketers and other people really are using different types of automated bots and other ways of just like automatedly, like trying to, you know, I get them all the time myself, you know, like I, <laughs> get like 10 a day of like some marketing agency that sees that I help podiatrists doing marketing. And now they want me to help, you know, they would either want me to have them send me clients or they want me to send them clients. It gets yeah. a little like a much. So I just usually don't even engage with those folks, but you did bring up a good point there. I think there's different types of content that can be shared on LinkedIn. You know, you and I are kind of more in the, the content creation game. You know, we're making videos, we're making podcasts, we're, we're trying to help educate podiatrists about topics like marketing. And, you know, obviously you have some other uh, endeavors uh, with, with your podiatry legends, but um, there's also the, the path of what we call curation. And that's something you touched on there. It's like, you find a great article on, on a topic within podiatry. Um, what you can do is, you know, write a paragraph or a couple of sentences why you thought it was a valuable article mm. and then sharing it on your own LinkedIn um, you know, it's not going to probably be seen by every single person that you've connected with, but enough people will see it that maybe they're going to like, um, you know, re respond to it or give their own feedback. Or I've seen people, you know, put in like, obviously no personal information from the patient on there, but x-rays of a procedure or almost like mini case studies on LinkedIn with people, you know, you know, showing kind of before and after or people critiquing different types of surgical techniques or level you know, types of treatment. So there's different, there's a lot of different ways to go about um, and the types of posts you put on LinkedIn. So uh, like I said, as long as you're not sharing personal information of patients, that's obviously super important, but um, it is a way to facilitate conversation and build connections with both peers in the profession and also people outside of podiatry. Well, one thing you said there that I thought was really important when you said not everybody's going to see it, but the person that wrote the article or posted a photo, when you share that, they will see it. And, and that is the important part. If I, if I read somebody's article, I thought, wow, this is really good and I share it. A lot of the times you'll get a personal message from them saying, oh, thank you for sharing that. Or they'll comment underneath, oh, thank you for sharing it. So, and that's what I mean, where if there's certain people that you do want to connect with, it's a, it is one of the best. I think LinkedIn is a great way for connecting 
with other professionals, if you have a look at your whole professional referrer list that you have, how many of them have you actually gone to LinkedIn to see if they're there and sent them a, a, a message? Yeah, every GP, every physiotherapist, are they on LinkedIn? If they are, why aren't you connected with them? It's, it's an unutilized resource. And it's surprising where I never did it when I actually had my podiatry clinic. I didn't utilize LinkedIn as much as I should on that side of things. I did with journalists, but I didn't with other professional referrers. Yeah, that's a good point. I think uh, I think a lot of people are using LinkedIn more as a broadcast tool. Like, yeah. you know, like I have a message and I want everyone to see my message, but really like you're going to move a lot further um, and, and make more connections and make more meaningful connections when you're really, I mean, you don't have to be like spend hours you know, a week on this, but when you are engaging with other people's content, giving your feedback or, you know, thanking them for sharing it or liking, it's almost also like, it's, it's not too dissimilar from Google reviews where if someone does like a post of yours or does have a comment, you know, start a conversation about it. Or if someone thinks that you, you know, you put up an x-ray and your, your procedure is the wrong one to do. Like it's a, it's a chance to engage in a, you know, civil way to kind of build community and uh, just really kind of like, uh, you know, be a part of this overall community, as opposed to, like I said, it's more about engagement than it is about broadcasting. Are you sort of indicating it's good for, say, a podiatrist to to start with, if they haven't used LinkedIn a lot, to comment on what other people are doing and engage with them at their level, then once they get their confidence up, is then start posting their own information with their opinion or post information and ask ask a question? Yeah, that's a good that's there's different ways to approach that, right? Like I think um, there's obviously there's there's being connected with other individuals like in your profession is, is one way of doing it. And like we talked about previously, also people in your community, but there's also um, like kind of like brand pages or publication pages, for example, on podiatry, like podiatry today, APMA, ACFAS, I'm sure the Australian uh, Podiatrist Association or other, um, other groups you're associated with Tyson yeah. have their own pages there on LinkedIn. So they will sometimes share uh, information. So it's, you know, by you liking it or making a comment on like the, for me, it'd be like the APMA. If that there's some initiative I think is very beneficial, or I like a piece of news, like writing out a sentence or two along with my like, um, you know, it gives me a bit of visibility in other people as well. Uh, but it's just a matter of like figuring out what type of information, like, like we talked about kind of identifying where your area of expertise is and kind of how you're kind of not, you're being like super strategic, but like, you don't want to just do try to do all the things in LinkedIn. Maybe it's first, you just want to focus on reconnecting with some of your podiatry school classmates mm. or reconnect in a genuine way with your residency, uh, residency mates, plus some of your attendings. Um, there's different ways to kind of gradually build up that, uh, that network of people. But you'll notice though, that there are these different levels of the connections, right? Once you have the 50 of your podiatry classmates that you're friends with, now they have a one level connection you're away from you know, 50 more, each of them have 50 more podiatrists that are connected to. So it can be, uh, it's that kind of network effect that LinkedIn, LinkedIn can provide. Uh, like we talked about previously, like not, not everyone's gonna see every post that you do, but just, you know, starting small, you know, connecting with five people, you know, having genuine conversations or, you know, sending them messages about, hey, I'm link on LinkedIn now, I'm practicing here, I'm doing this, like, how are you doing? That's much more effective than trying to blast or broadcast mm. uh, your message to a bunch of people. So, okay, so we've gone through a lot of what you should do. Do you have any what you should not do on LinkedIn? 
Do you yeah, have a list? Like we talked about, <laughs> uh, well, the, the first list is like, don't expect this to be like a patient, like appointment generation tool. Like it just um, either from an organic or a, um, or a paid per, 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 uh, perspective. I think yeah, maybe if you connect with enough local businesses and enough people in your professional network, maybe that could lead potentially to some uh, patient referrals, but it's really gonna be tough to kind of nail down whether that came from LinkedIn or not. So if you're really expecting this to be like patient revenue generating from day one, like you're gonna be sadly mistaken. Also on the paid side, it's just gonna be way too expensive. Um, some of the targeting can be interesting. I don't know if you have, you know, most podiatry appointments or new patient visits, you know, the cost you're gonna be paying for per click is gonna be significantly higher than you would pay on something like uh, like Google Ads. Yeah. For example, on Google Ads, you're maybe looking somewhere between, depending on what where you're located at, like somewhere between five and $10 a click to get a potential patient. Um, the targeting is more based off of like what someone's profession is or, um, you can do locations and things like that on LinkedIn, but people are, aren't really looking um, if, to receive an ad on LinkedIn about make an appointment or they're not really even like casually looking for uh, kind of uh, for podiatrists to take care of their foot problems on LinkedIn most likely. So, and, and these are much more expensive. You're probably looking at somewhere between 20 and $40 per click uh, on LinkedIn. So this is really more for like people that have high dollar um, businesses. I mean, if you're a podiatrist in the US that has like an imaging center or yeah. there's some kind of high dollar B2B type um, opportunity that you have that you want other podiatrists to know about, that's something where LinkedIn might make sense from an advertising perspective, but just for patient generation or even just like getting your message to more podiatrists, you're, you definitely want to avoid um, paid channels on LinkedIn. Yeah, well, when you said there about well, and you said it right from the start that LinkedIn is not a place where you're probably going to find your patients hanging out there going, oh, is there a podiatrist here that I can make an appointment with today? But the professional connections that you make over a number of years, like I know when I was using it here in Cairns and I'd connected with different journalists and the boss of, say, the radio stations and your chamber of commerce and all those connections that I did find, a lot of those people, they did become patients over... A number of years so to me you, you can get patients from linkedin especially in your local area but it's it's the long game that you're playing with them it's not you're there when they need a podiatrist you'll become top of mind because you've been actively in their life no for sure i mean that's why you know i that's the reason why i'll put our podiatry marketing podcast videos onto linkedin is that you know i just want to show people kind of what we're doing in, a, in an authentic way we're trying to educate and help you know, people in our profession, you know, market their practices and have successful practices. And, uh, you know, if every other post was me saying like, okay, now, uh, you know, it, and it's important to know that I am, a, you're in a business and I'm in a business that yeah. can benefit from some of these things and just being transparent about it. But, you know, if every other post is me saying, hey, like, let me do your website. Hey, let me do Google ads. Like, I will be tuned out very quickly because um, uh, people realize that, but you have to bring bring the value like we have uh, with this podcast so people can either 
you know, learn about it, choose to do it themselves, or in the future, if they want some coaching, they'll, they'll come to you. And if they want some services, they know where to find me. So it's, um, it's, it's finding that right balance um, of transparency and also just being genuine and authentic about the type of information you're sharing, whether it's with other podiatrists or people in your local community, it is a way to showcase your expertise uh, in a kind of authentic way. And like I said before, it, and it is the long game using LinkedIn. It's constantly, like I've been posting stuff on LinkedIn now, like say as a, a business coach, just for podiatrists for a number of years now. And I will still get people that will send me an email and say, oh, I read an article on LinkedIn, for example. I was wondering, do you do business coaching? <laughs> I go, uh, yeah, I do. And I'll direct them to my website. They go, oh, I didn't realize that information is on your website. But on my website, it has business yeah, you know, coaching. So it, it is, it, it's one of those things that, whether it's LinkedIn or other platforms, you've got to constantly be putting your information out there and and knowing that they might see it 10, 15, might be 50 times before they may connect back, yeah, connect back with you in like sort of real terms, not just a like, you know, to comment, some form of engagement. But I think you have to, you just have to keep putting yourself out there. Just joining LinkedIn and then sitting back and doing nothing is not really joining LinkedIn. <laughs> well, it's that combination like you talked about. It's kind of like the combination of awareness that you do exist and you do provide a certain type of service, but it's also just building trust over time. You know, like you are a reputable per, reputable person. You do have this, for example, for you, you do have like, you know, your podiatry business owners club that, yeah. that, that you pay a lot of attention to, that you're attentive to the needs of those people in that group. And they would 100% vouch for you there. But if people don't know about it, <laughs> then they don't know to go there or they don't know about that. I provide, you know, websites, Google ads and those things like um, and you just do this one off every six months. I post like, hey. I'm the podiatry marketing guy, <laughs> or hey, I'm the podiatrist in your local area, right? Like, there's no consistency there. You haven't built awareness over a long period of time, and therefore, there's nobody that really necessarily trusts you. Um, so it's, it's the same thing with you know patients or local businesses in your area and potential referral partners, whether they be professional referrers or the you know the non-professional referrers like we talked about in the past. I know some businesses when they're quiet, they market their business, and then once it gets busy again they stop and then it drops back down. Once it gets quiet, they market again. And that going up and down, up and down uses so much en so much more energy where if you're just consistently marketing your business, you don't tend to have the same ups and downs. And I find LinkedIn is the same. The more I'm just consistently on there, and like you said, you don't need to be on there for hours. It could be 15 minutes a day, just reading some posts, making a few comments, might upload something yourself a couple of times a week. And that's all you really need to do to maintain those relationships. Yeah, it's like a 15 minutes a day or, you know, a couple, you know, maybe an hour a week. Of, so it's just a way to network in a quick and effective and, a, you know, efficient way instead of having, you know, especially, um, you know, in the past, you know, the last couple of years has been a little tough to get out to in-person events. Uh, and it's almost like sometimes having like almost like a mini conference or, or like a mini speaking gig on a consistent basis, that kind of platform of LinkedIn kind of provides that. But I think like you talked about awareness, trust, um, and engaging with other people's content and, and having it be authentic are hugely important on the LinkedIn platform. So if somebody does not have a LinkedIn account, is there a couple of steps, well, somebody might be listening to this and it's gone, actually, I'm not, I'm not even on LinkedIn, or I am on LinkedIn mm -hmm. with four people. I've just held up three <laughs> fingers, four people. Is there... Is there a way that they should get started if they don't have a LinkedIn account? 
Yeah, that's a great point. I think, you know, to get started, you know, obviously go to linkedin.com. Yeah, don't get a Facebook, make, uh, get a LinkedIn. Make, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> make sure you have a, a good professional looking uh, profile photo. You don't want something like you wear in your hoodie or, or um, you know, it is kind of a more professional social network. I'm so glad you said that. I've seen some photos of the LinkedIn photo and it's a photo of their cat. And I'm like, no, I don't want to connect with you. All they're there. And they've um, got the hand sort of covering their face, looking at something, or it's dark and shadowy. And I'm going, you look shonky. I don't want to connect with you. <laughs> so good photo. I like that. Good start. Yeah, good photo. And fill out your bio. Make sure that you know your kind of your resume, your LinkedIn resume is filled out. And I would say initially just focus on that that personal profile. There are ways to make a profile for your clinic as well, but I think that for those first steps are you know obviously seeing who you're connected with already. Uh, you know, like I talked about, go back to your podiatry classmates. You can look look at them, uh, search for them on their search feature there in LinkedIn. Look for your residency classmates, look for attendings, look for other people like within podiatry that you're close with. And then also like you talked about Tyson, your non-professional, maybe your local uh, or your local professional network mm. as well. You know, what primary care doctors are you working with? What physical, what physios or physical therapists, you know, what's the running shoe owner? Is he on there? You know, just kind of building that out slowly. And like I said, it doesn't necessarily have to be like blasting 200 people on day one and expecting like the clouds to open up, the sun to come down and, and to shine, you know, uh, you know, good graces upon you and your clinic. But maybe it's, maybe it is just five people you haven't connect, reconnected with in a while from your podiatry school class and sending them a personal note saying, hey, Check. I'm checking out this LinkedIn thing. I'm practicing here, doing this kind of work. How are you doing? Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, about when you connect with people, the importance of putting a short note with you. Because know, when you go connect, it says, would you like to send a message with it as well? Yeah. I always prefer that myself when somebody says, I want to connect with you. And even if they say, I'm a podiatrist, that such and such, or they just, they just give me something, I feel it's a little bit more authentic than, oh, they saw my picture, connect. No, 100%. You need to have like, and I think also the first email can't be some kind of ask. Like it has to be like a <laughs> genuinely wondering how they're doing or yeah. like Can what I have they're your up kidney? to. At. Yeah, exactly. Like going for the kidney on the first uh, LinkedIn message is probably going to be a low hit rate on yeah. that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so like just those genuine messages can be helpful. And then like as you over time grow out those people that you know directly, at some point that will, your network will probably end at some point yeah then you'll have all those sec second level connections and maybe there's someone that you're currently not linked linked up to or linked into and you can talk to that friend or that connection about that person say hey i saw so and so wrote a great article about you know hallux limits or a big toe joint pain or something like whether that i would love to just talk with that person about this subject and, and, and having that warm connection um is, is a way to also build out your network even further. I mean, you can jump past that a lot of times. And if you do say, hey, like, you know, I know Tyson Franklin, you know, I saw he's a connection of yours. Like, I really like that you did this article. That's another way of doing it. Um, but it's kind of whatever people are comfortable with. And there's no necessarily a wrong or right way as long as you're not spamming people. Yeah, I was going to say the door might open wider if you don't mention my name. Uh <laughs> 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 uh, just joking, just joking. Partially joking. So I think this has been good. It's it's information that, like I said, 
when we talk about LinkedIn, we know it's a professional connection and it's not specifically about attracting patients, but I think the long game of the people, I always say, it's like the, the saying on my back wall, yeah, the next connection you make could be the one that changes your life. And if people can't see the video, it's, it's printed on my back, back wall of my office. And, and I just think that is so true. The next connection could be the one that changes your life. And I've had people on the podcast that I've met purely through LinkedIn on the Podiatry Legends podcast. It's, to me, you've just got to open yourself up and, and connect with people in a professional way. Get to know people uh, over a period of time. It's no different to how you and I first met, then connected, and now, you know, to me, you're just Big Jim. <laughs> I won't call you Little Tyson again. That was, that was no. a little bit of a low blow there. Yeah, that was a really low blow. Yeah, yeah, don't call me that. That's... <laughs> What's funny is my, my, uh, all my brother's friends, and I call my mum. Mum's, we call mum Big Trish. Not that mum's big, but I'll very quickly tell you a story. My brother is quite large, you know, six, three and a half, big dude. So when he was at uni, when he was doing dentistry, he used to talk me up all the time to his friends about, you know, because I used to play football and I was, you know, a bit rough and rugged and, and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, I turned up to the dental school for them to meet me and I walked in. They said, oh, who are you? I said, oh, I'm Tyson. I said, uh, who are you? And I said, Tony's brother. They went, you're Big Ty. So, because everyone used to refer to me as Big Ty. So from that point onwards, they used to call me Big Ty. <laughs> and then when they met mum, mum was just automatically Big Trish. So yeah, so my son, yeah, my son, who's called Tyson, we called him Little Ty. So when you call me Little Ty, it was just funny. Anyway, that's enough about me. I just derailed the podcast. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. I think this is a great conversation and we should leave it there until yeah. next week, Tyson. Okay, bye. All right, Tyson. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.